Now, Thomas is often, in fact, usually called the doubter. And it's true, of all of Jesus' disciples, he tends to be the one who will ask the questions. He'll presume disbelief, or he'll, he'll presume that the worst is going to happen. When Jesus was on his way to Bethany, where he would raise Lazarus from the dead, the route that Jesus was going to have to take would take him through a very dangerous area where there were lots of bandits who would jump on you and attack you and kill you or, or take your stuff and run away. And, and Thomas is the one who says, let us go with Jesus so that we can die along with him on the way. You're negative, if nothing else. When Jesus is explaining about the end of life and the afterlife, and he says these famous words, let not your hearts be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions, if it were not so I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you unto myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way I'm going. Right then, Thomas pipes up and says, we don't know where you're going, how can we know the way? Which of course sets Jesus up to then say, I am the way and the truth and the life. Thanks, Thomas, for setting that one up for Jesus. Thomas is called the doubter. And when someone is skeptical or questioning, they're sometimes called a doubting Thomas. And sorry, Cade, but quite frankly, that, that's Cade. That can be Cade. When I first met Cade, he was always asking questions, always curious, always doubting, always questioning ideas and thoughts and concepts and ways of doing things that, quite frankly, I had come to take for granted, not even notice them anymore. And I loved that about Cade. From the very beginning, his questions challenged me. Indeed, over time, he's forced me to look at things differently, to give a second and a third look with fresh eyes to what we're doing and why we're doing it, the way we're doing it, or what we're not doing or failing to do, the people that we're missing, the situations that we're ignoring. Cade's questions, Cade's inquiries have caused me to take a new and a fresh look at what we're about as believers in Jesus, what we're about as Christians. And I saw in Cade in this questioning, in these questions and these doubts and these wonderings and these inquiries, I saw in Cade something that was true about me back when I was a little kid. When I was growing up, I was the one who always asked, why? 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 Why is the sky blue? Why are people so rude? Why is the world round? Why do dogs and cats not like each other? Why do Democrats have a donkey and Republicans have an elephant? Why, 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 why? I just love that word, why? Mom used to say that she always could trust me either, that if there was a button somewhere that said do not push it, she could trust me to push it to find out what would happen and to ask the question, why? Sometimes my parents would tell me to do something and I would ask, why? And usually I'd get a reason or two. 
And sometimes I'd ask why to that, and I'd often get another reason, a third reason why I needed to do something. And usually if I questioned that third time, why, then I would get, because I said so. And if it's my mom, she would then say, and don't say why to that either. Why, 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 why? Questioning things, including especially authority, sorry parents, including especially authority is important. It's a good thing to ask questions. It's a good thing to doubt. It's a good thing to inquire. It's a good thing to ask why. Thomas, therefore, is something of a hero to Christians who are skeptical, are always asking questions, are always wanting to know why. Thomas was my hero when I was growing up, my hero when I was going through my agnostic period, my hero when I asked the questions, why this and why that and why God and why is there a God and why are we the way we are and why am I the way I am? Thomas was my hero. Because in Thomas and in his inquiring and in his doubting and in his skepticism, I could see myself. And I could see myself also when I finally turned to faith in Thomas. But Thomas, who's called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. And when they told him, we have seen the Lord, he says to them, unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. That's pretty gutsy of Thomas. They're all saying that they've seen Jesus. I'm sure that the peer pressure was great to, you know, join in with that. And I'm sure he wanted to. But his skepticism caused him to ask the question. His skepticism caused him to be doubtful. Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands. Unless I see it, unless I reach out and touch it, I will not believe. Evidence, he wanted. Give me evidence. Give me reasons to believe. Show me. He would have been a good Missourian, the show me state folks. Show it to me. Let me see it. Let me touch it. Let me, give me some tangible proof. And I'll believe it. And that's exactly what Jesus provided him. A week after the resurrection, this day, the disciples were gathered again. And this time Thomas was with them. And Jesus appears and says, peace be with you. And then he immediately turns to Thomas and he says, see, look, nail holes, nail hole. Put your finger here, put your finger here. And don't doubt, but believe. And interestingly enough, there's no evidence that he actually did it, that he actually put his finger in the holes. There's no evidence. It doesn't say that he does it, and then he goes, my Lord and my God. There's lots of traditions that say he does, and there are traditions that say he doesn't. 
But we do see that he sees. And the instant he sees, and the instant that he hears Jesus, the instant he encounters the risen Lord, he goes from doubt. I'm sure he still had questions. He goes from doubt. I'm sure he still wondered how it could be. He goes from doubt to faith. Or in Greek, from apistis, which is the opposite of faith, to pistis, to faith, to belief, based upon what he was seeing right then and right there, what he was experiencing right then and right there. And he proclaims, my Lord and my God, my Lord. And my God. And Jesus' answer to him, his response to that is telling. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. When Kate and I met, obviously, since we, he was baptized here today, when Kate and I met, he was unbaptized. In fact, he was unchurched. As a child and as a youth, he went to a few Baptist churches. He went a few times to a Nazarene church with some friends for Christmas and Easter and a few other occasions. He'd been to church a few times, but it wasn't part of his family tradition. It wasn't part of the, the cultural setting that he was in at that time in his family. And there's nothing wrong with that. He was raised as a skeptic, as a thinker, uh, not just as a doubter, but as one who inquired and wanted to know and wanted to have reasons to believe. Even after meeting me, church going wasn't his high on his priority list. Sometimes it's not high on his priority list today, friends. That's true for all of us. Oh no, it's Sunday morning. Did the alarm go off? No, it's Monday morning. No, it's Sunday. No, I wish it were Monday. No, it can't be. You can't wish it. You can't. You know, it's Sunday morning. You got to get up, Greg. Uh-huh. Even me. That happens too. Gades wasn't a churchgoer. Wasn't part of his family tradition. But he was a thinker. He was an inquirer. And over time and after lots of questions and after many conversations, Things began to shift. At first, he said, I, I don't need to get baptized. Why do I need to do that? Then, you know, that's pretty important, isn't it? Maybe I should, but let's do it privately so no one can see. And then, let's do it with some family and friends in a home ceremony with some good friends there, and that's when we first talked to Mike about it. But then we got here. We came to Lakewood, and you welcomed us in, embraced us with love and acceptance, responded to us in our ministry here, listened and learned and grew and proclaimed, and continued what you'd always been doing which was welcoming others, all new people and people who've been here a long time, back into the worshiping life of in-person 
church. And you're welcoming, you're loving, you're persistent grace, sharing God's grace with us and with others, caught our attention, caught Cade's attention. And because of you, and because of Cade's desire to be a part of you, he said, I want to be baptized at Lakewood on a Sunday morning as a witness to the power of God's love in this congregation, as a witness to their opening and welcoming of the other, of the different, of one who was outside and has been welcomed graciously in. When he came here, he met a family of faith. We met a family of faith that reflected the love of God in Jesus Christ, our Lord, the welcoming grace of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the acceptance, the inclusion of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we've watched as you shared it with others. And because of that, That man back there said he wanted to be baptized here with y'all. Wow. That's a witness to y'all. It's a witness to God's grace in your life. It's a witness to what God can do in this community with and for people who have been excluded from the church, thrust out of the church, denied presence in the church, denied membership in the church, denied ministry in churches. Your grace, your means of grace in welcoming us is an example of how we all can welcome others those outside these walls and stained glass windows in to the family of God. Yes, even the doubting Thomas, especially the doubting Thomases, who are the ones who come to the greatest faith. Thomas's history following the biblical account is amazing. He took the gospel to India. He was the first and only one of the twelve who got to India And he preached the gospel there. He told them about Jesus. He told them about the love of God. In India, the Maratoma church traces its history and its ancestry and its apostolicity right back to Thomas. He went to India. He preached and he taught and he showed them a love of God and ended up dying for it. He was made a martyr there. His faith became amongst the strongest, most lasting faiths of the disciples. A faith that compelled him, that drew him, that led him to proclaim the love of God to the point of a sword and death. That's a powerful faith. 
It's a faith that we as the family of God live. And it's the grace of God, the love of God, that we are called to share with all. I'm very thankful for you. I'm very grateful for God's grace in the life of this church. I can't believe I've been a pastor here, serving here as your pastor for almost a whole year. It's gone so quickly. You're welcome to us, and you're welcome to others who are new in our congregation. Speaks of the love of God in our midst. A love that encompasses even the doubters and celebrates the questions and proclaims the faith of the love of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And may God's people say, Amen. Siblings in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's good gift offered to us without price. Cade, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. I do. And all of you, will you nurture Cade in Christ's holy church, that by your example he may grow in God's grace, grow in faith, and lead a life that seeks the will of Christ? We, we will. will. Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Holy Creator, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children, 
you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and he who is about to receive it, to wash away his sin and clothe him in righteousness throughout his life, that dying and being raised with Christ, he may share in Christ's final victory. All praise to you, Mother and Father God, through our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Hey, Michael, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Greg, would you join me in placing your hands upon his head? And now may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And now it is our joy to welcome our new brother in Christ. Through baptism, you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as a member of the family of Christ. And now may the grace and peace, the light and the love of God, the Holy Creator, be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. And go in, in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, God. to God. Amen. Amen. Stay right here, Kate. Now, as the pastor of this church, I ask you, as a member of Christ's Universal Church, will you support this congregation of the United Methodist Church through your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? I will. Welcome to the congregation. Today.